This is Chill Bill coming at you live from Catro, introducing another segment of the 10th anniversary celebration of Skylanders Portal Casters. Over to you, Inklander. Thanks, Chill Bill. For this segment, we are joined by another incredibly special guest. We have Alessandro Bria, who was the 3D character modeler on the Skylanders games and also worked a little bit beforehand on Spyro's Adventure as an environment artist as well. And a little bit of your background beforehand is before you were at Toys for Bob, you worked at Activision on the DJ Hero game. So welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on. It's a pleasure for me. Thank you very much. So how were you introduced to character design and what inspired your 3D modeling skills? I start uh, um, as a classic uh, uh, illustrator. These mean a lot of brushes, uh, airbrush, uh, paint, uh, and pencil. And uh, I have always uh, loved doing character. It was my passion. I was young before the advent of computer graphic. So my dream was like to working on a special effect for movie. And during my thesis, when I was studying industrial design in Italy, a friend of mine introduced me to computer graphic. More than introduced me, he forced me in computer graphic because I hated with all my being because I... Computer are cold, you cannot do art and blah, blah in this. Then uh, my friend forced me to use it uh, and it was my doom. I start to love it. I start to play and start to send around some model. And uh, the next step uh, was to arrive to working for some company in Italy. They started doing game. And after uh, six years, six, eight years, I make the big jump and come uh, here in California. Working on character it was like uh, like a dream because differently to the classical art, you can uh, see your character uh, take life with animation and uh, you seeing the game moving. It was like a, a dream job. I work also as a concept artist, so uh, for me is uh, in some way a little bit uh, uh, easy <laughs> translate because uh, it's something that uh, translate from the two D concept. And work with concept artists uh, because I did in the past. And what I try always to do is uh, when approaching a character, uh, and also the same things that I did for Skylander, is just not take an image and try to replicate in 3D. Is also talk with the concept artist uh, and try to understand uh, uh, what this character doing, what uh, is. Uh, how is move, how is uh, react, to try to have uh, like a little bit of information for uh, his behavior, if you want. And this impact a lot how they model the character. In the way they try to give a little bit uh, a spark. They don't have just a photocopy from the 2D. Yeah, so I mean, that kind of leads us into another question we had for you, which was, how difficult was it to translate a character from a sketch by by Eway or by one of the other artists to a finalized 3D model? And how long would that process take? At the start, it was very difficult. Skylander, uh, I uh, arrived in uh, Toys for Bob as an environment artist. I wasn't a character artist. And um, then when I was there, I started to doing character for myself. And usually I make hyper-realistic character. When I started doing Skylander, it was, it was very particularly hard because it's a completely different kind of approach. 
I was very lucky because uh, working with uh, Iwe was um, immediately like a mystery. So I start to understand how he think uh, and when he make a sketch, what does it mean with his sketch? What is try to translate the kind of feeling, the kind of uh, life he want from the character. And this helped me a lot, totally. Skylander are, because um, they are practically a creature from Iwe that he created almost uh, all the franchise uh, look, uh, in, in a moment you start to embrace it, it becomes simple because all characters are part of the same universe. So you recognize sometimes a similar feature. We were joking a lot about the basic Skylander need to have the eyes close to the mouth and the big eyes and all these particular characteristics of the model. But again, as breaking the eyes at the start, uh, then uh, you are involved in this world uh, and uh, it's not just the character, also the environment and everything. And uh, it becomes more easy and easier to understand uh, and translate from 2D to, uh, to 3D. Nice. Did you have a hand in coming up with any of the character designs yourself a little bit more in depth? Like, did you help come up with the design and collaborate more on like the initial concept before it moved into 3D at all? It was like a, some kind of collaboration. Uh, there was like a one point, uh, uh, this started from Giant. Uh, it was creating this team inside the Toys for Bob uh, uh, with animator, uh, character artist, uh, uh, concept artist. And um, the line started to blurring a bit. It was a very fantastic moment. And I think also the success of the franchise for outside is that everybody has a voice. Obviously, we have like the last point, but he always listened to us. And I remember a lot of long lunchtime when everybody just bring crazy things. And it happened several times, this crazy idea were transformed in a character or kind of uh, effect that we want from a character. So it's happened several times that we, uh, we're talking with way about a character that is still in the early stage and give him some uh, input that he can transform and morph so at one point become part of the final character. And in this was like a very fantastic experience. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Uh, I think it's great that there was the opportunity in the office to be able to shout out an idea. Yeah, again, uh, there was a very great synergy and uh, all the character artist team, they were open to listen to suggestion and sometimes we have like a pretty crazy and outrageous suggestion and they never close the door always listen and again it was fantastic when some of these ideas some of the suggestion they was used turned twisted and become something you've worked on a lot of skylanders over the years do you have any that stand out as designs mm -hmm. that you're more proud of than the others yeah, well, the thing is, uh, I make so many that uh, I, in some way, I love uh, everybody. It's like a, a father love uh, equally all the son. Some of them uh, come out, uh, particularly, uh, I remember, for example, uh, Chain Reaction. He was one of the sensei in uh, Imaginator. I love him because uh, he was very problematic. Uh, we have like this beard with uh, all the chainsaw and how the animation and things, it was a very, very challenging. Another one that uh, I remember, uh, it was one of my preferite, uh, it was like Sorm. Because uh, in Sorm, I give more than just the model. Uh, I remember at the time my desk was close to the booths where they uh, have the people recording the voice for the character. 
and uh, I was joking with uh, the sound guys uh, and they tell me, oh, you think it's so, fu so funny? You think it's so easy? Why you don't try? And they let me try to do the uh, swarm voice. For me, it was just a joke, a big joke. And the thing is, they like it. So they make me do all the line. But at the time, uh, you need to be an actor guild to make this job. You must be a uh, certified actor. I wasn't. So they uh, give the voice to other actors, but always they like uh, my, my version. At the point that uh, they find a guy that make impression on me, <laughs> record all the swarm line. So in this way, I probably swarm is the one that uh, I can uh, have more uh, link if you want, because of this story. Wow, that's, that's kind of sad that it wasn't able to actually be your voice, but that's great because you can hear the inflections in Swarm. Uh, <laughs> so I, I can see how the inspiration is there, most definitely. It was fun, and uh, I learned a lot. That is, is not like so simple. Like, it's not like oh, you go there and you just talk. Is more complicated, is, is a very specific kind of art. You know, you mentioned Chain Reaction too, and Chain Reaction, I think, uh, turned out amazingly. He is one of my favorite senseis from Imaginators. His whole design is just spectacular. <laughs> he's, he's really cool looking. I saw the character, he saw several different versions, and uh, UA was choosing one and chose uh, the the final version of a chain reaction. And I was like jumping, oh my God, I want to model this guy. And then they realized that, oh my God, how I can do the beard, this old chain beard, all this kind of moving. And then I was like, oh no, 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 I don't want this guy. And it was too late. <laughs> and I working a lot with the, the animator team. They were fantastic and they were very supportive. And finally, we find a way to to make this beard working. And uh, yeah, I love it. I love this guy. Also, the animation they make it in the game was fantastic. Yeah, I think he turned out really well. He so did. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that it worked out because he's, he's a really top-notch character design. Now, those are a couple of characters you're more proud of. Are there any Skylander designs that you look back on that you wish you could change? Well, um, there is a lot of characters that uh, they have a version that never come out, or they're very different. For example, Ninjini. Ninjini was very problematic. When we have the first version of Ninjini, I fall in love with her because uh, remember me, uh, the dream of a genie? Yes. Uh, like, and I really like it. I, for me, it was like, this is perfect. I love it. I love it. And also the child love it. But we have a very strong feedback from parents. Because the character was like, uh, the skin was pink and uh, somebody thinking, uh, the belly was exposed, somebody think strongly that was too sexy for a Skylander. So he went through several iterations, several changes. We have uh, probably three or four different versions in Genie. And um, we have the final one that I totally love, but I still remember the first version uh, and how cute it was like. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah, I know. I, I'm sure there's probably concept art lying around somewhere that Activision probably doesn't want to reveal. <laughs> and also some prototype. <laughs> Sometimes I saw some picture of people they take inside the Toy for Bob. There is some shelf. You can see something. You can see that this is an ingenie. 
and you can see the prototype because all these versions that was also created toys, not like the final toys, but the prototype, all of these were created. For example, there is a lot of prototype for three rex. The original three rex was completely different. It was more uh, brutal, if you want, uh, more thick, brutal, and all this vine and leaf. And uh, we have several of them because uh, every time we have a concept that we were presented to Activision, we must do 3D printing, uh, the final toy. They want to have like the toy in the hand. It was a very important point. So we have all these uh, different versions, different prototype of Skylander. Yeah, that's just interesting to know. Like, I imagine that all of these characters probably at some point had to go through some sort of massive character change. How important was playtesting to determine what characters moved on to full-scale production and what other factors were involved in that decision? This was mostly in the hand of uh, uh, Iwei and also on the head of Activision. There was a, a lot of different uh, factors that were play, uh, at play for define which one go through uh, all the process and uh, sometimes a character that are ahead with the process they were stopped for one reason or for another is um, uh, from my point of view that there was a little bit uh, down on the uh, food chain uh, sometimes we just receive this information like oh you know this character is stopped they want to change completely because they don't like this this and this I am more uh, aware about the, how the creation comes from the top to the bottom than the feedback that comes from the top to, to us. Well, was there ever a time, I guess, specifically during playtesting where you encountered something where it was like you expected people to really love it and then they didn't, or maybe vice versa, where maybe you were expecting everyone to not like it and then it turned out to be way more successful than you were expecting it to be? We have like a bot effect. We have sometimes characters that we strongly, strongly thinking is successful, and then he don't have the kind of feedback that uh, we're expecting. And character that we're thinking, uh, I don't know, maybe, and then they are like uh, people go completely nuts for them. For example, the character, the enemy we, we created for Trap Team, we didn't expect that they have such a feedback from the people that play the game, that they become so beloved. At the point that in, uh, in the sequel, we make possibility that they transform them in, uh, in toys and they play as uh, uh, a team uh, as a character, as a playable. Wow, okay. So the, the whole reason why we got the villains that we did in Imaginators was because they were perceived so well in Trap Team? Correct. We have like a, such a strong feedback that uh, it was like, a, it was done. It, it was a question about uh, we doing or not. Everybody was asking for everybody was crazy for piñata or uh, the other characters so it was like a to do for the next game yeah i i was pretty thrilled when they made that announcement i was like oh great they're not just on timers anymore <laughs> we can actually play as them as full skylanders with toys so that's great that does make me wonder a little bit more why chef pepperjack wasn't uh made into a toy when 90 percent of the fans that we've interacted with absolutely loved him yeah that's a that's a question. Why did some villains make it in well, and some a, not? There was a very big question, a big fight between uh, internal for which one we do it. For the truth, I don't have an answer for this. Also, Pepper Jack, I love Pepper Jack. He was like a fantastic character and an incredible concept. But uh, again, personally, I don't remember how was the 
pipeline for decide which one go and which one not. That's interesting. No, so so even people in the Toys for Bob office were arguing. Oh no, it should be this one that gets there. No, no, <laughs> it should be this one. That's 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 cool. Well, that's... We, we want all of them. We want all of them. But uh, obviously, because uh, the problem with the production of the toy, you have like a, a specific windows. You can have like okay, we can have just six character fight. And then everybody pushes on a personal uh, character as because he's beloved or because uh, have a particular kind of uh, gameplay that uh, apply with the next game. But again, I don't remember how it went, uh, who win at the end. I guess kind of also going off of the villains and Imaginators, then what caused the decision to add in all the mini Skylanders? Because there was the whole line of the 16 minis that came about in Trap Team. Uh, so how how they come to be? If I remember, if I remember, and this is a, is a big if, huh? there was a point that we start to talk about pet for uh, Skylander. We start to have concept for a small animal, dragon, cat, dog, uh, creature. But the problem was like uh, in some way there was this vision like uh, how can this help the main character? How? we can define that these are Skylander and not like, uh, I don't know, a lower class of Skylander. And slowly we started to moving from the idea about the pet to have like a, uh, these minis Skylander. They're still cute, but they can be part and connected with the giant. Okay, yeah, that makes sense because in the first two games uh they functioned as like sidekicks or they just follow follow you around in the game but then in trap team they got changed to fully upgradable fully functional skylanders so that's that's cool to know that that was something that was a change that the team was wanting to do yeah one thing that was very important for all the Toys for Bob uh, team, it was like uh, listen what the people like listen especially what the child like it was our primary directive, if you want. During the uh, production, uh, we invite uh, child, boys and girls, to come and look into what we're doing and just tell us uh, what is good. And I can tell you, they are brutal. They are not filtered. So they can come and tell you, I love this character. Oh my God, I love it. And then look at another character and make, uh, don't know. And they kill months of work in one sentence but for us it was the core if they like it is mean we nail it if they don't like it you can explain whatever you want to a six-year-old a 12-year-old there is no way so for us our validation was uh, the people that play our game so if they like something if they ask for something we do it imaginator born because uh, mostly all community pushing for creating his own skylander because uh, we were floated by drawing and letter from they tell us why you don't do a octopus why you don't do know, a shrimp cowboy why you don't do a lizard firefighter and we listen i mean i i definitely back when i was in high school i remember sending off some fan mail to toys for bob so you know i think that's great that, uh, <laughs> that the imaginators was just spawned right off of that it was spawned just right off of we've gotten so much fan mail here there you go you get to do whatever you want now well the thing that you guys sent us was our uh duel if you want uh, because we have in you know, all the office on the wall all this letter all this drawing uh, and uh, 
he was fantastic. He see such an interest and love for this character and everybody asking for uh, some incredible and uh, monster or creature. It was um, the thing that pushed us to do more games. So how did you decide on the poses for the characters? And how difficult was it to come up with unique poses, especially for the reposed characters, as the games continued production? How was the process for the poses was like it started from uh, um, several sketches from Iway, and then we uh, start to create the uh, version three-dimensional in ZBrush or Maya, and we 3D printed them. Because one of the big things with the poses uh, is uh, you can see whatever picture, but it's nothing about when you're watching on your hand. You have the direct feeling. And uh, all these poses was created on a um, heuristic way. Try, fail, try again. And everything, all the poses was created on the idea to have like a dynamic position, some kind of action, like a taking movement, but always have a visual contact with the person that you have in your hand. So this was our core directive, and we try always to do this. The pose is, when we have a repose or new pose for the character, we try to look for the new power of ability that the character have. So in some way, it represents the evolution of the character, the new power, if you want. Interesting. Yeah, that makes sense, because definitely as the reposes went on, you definitely saw more of their new wow pal kind of added in. What were some of the challenges meeting toy safety and cultural requirements? Cultural requirements was uh, one of the big things that we can find, because uh, every country have uh, different parameters. So, for example, uh, if you sell your uh, game in Germany, uh, your character uh, use a flamethrower, they is no-no. No flame, no people killing by flame. So we must change it several times. We changed our character to follow uh, all these uh, particular requirements. You have, uh, for example, a country that they give you veto if they, you have a female character, have a part of the body, arms, for example, you have the arms at uh, pose. So sometimes uh, when a character is done, we need to work with the, the legal department to check that everything is fine, that everybody accepted the character. You don't find ourselves in some kind of problem when the game is done. And uh, we take uh, attention to all of these. We try to be very thoughtful about uh, for every cultural uh, reference uh, and uh, try to be respectful much possible. And um, for the safety, we created the prototype at one point for the toys and we send the file to the manufacturer. They then uh, ask us several changes in base of uh, safety problem. One of the funny part is uh, we make the prototype in-house before we use the machine that have color, so we can print 3D toys uh, in color, but this was very uh, fragile because we used plaster. Then we change it with another machine that it was like a rigid plastic. And uh, we send uh, the, some of the character for Trap Team to Activision, and they call us back because uh, they cut their own finger because they have a sword, they have a weapon. And when we make these in ZBrush, we make this sharp. So they can call us and tell, oh, you know, some executive cut his own hand with the toy. 
please tell us that this is not the final things. And then we explain that uh, they're just prototype. And then uh, the manufacturer take care about uh, all the problem about the size of the pieces. And also that uh, all the parts that are not sharp uh, or are not rigid enough uh, to create any damage uh, to the uh, child. So it was out of our hand because it's, uh, again, a completely different uh, set of skill, if you want. And we receive uh, information from the manufacturer for changing the, our prototype to conform to this regulation. When it came to printing the like 3D fan-made imaginators for like that promotional Ooh. thing where people were able to create their own Skylander, what, what was that process like? Oh, a nightmare. <laughs> It was like a, probably one of the big challenges that they have professionally. And uh, the idea was like uh, to printing these toys, uh, but the problem was uh, like the shipping, because if they are, the parts are too teeny, they will go break, they go destroy during the process of shipping. So it was like a big work and a big challenge for everybody to make this uh, uh, possible. We tried different way, we tried different, different solution. And at one point uh, we find that the only possible solution, it was the, in some way, the manual way. So all pieces, more than 1,200 pieces have an equivalent for just printing. So all the small part, uh, all the problematic part that were modeled in the way that uh, when they are printed, uh, didn't, give, didn't give a problem. And uh, it was like an <laughs> incredible work. Just just imagining how, how much longer that had to take to be able to create two different versions of a 3D model. It was very kudos to our uh, engineers because uh, they save us by creating a tool that helped us to define which one part was a problem during 3D printing. It was like a big engineering problem solved, if you want a problem that it was solved by engineers, because we need to define which part is a problem. You cannot print in constantly every object and see if it's broken. So it was like a, behind the scene, it was really a humongous work. Imaginator probably it was the more complicated Skylander ever because uh, created the system, uh, create uh, the way to swap in the color, create uh, the, the way that is working as a 3D figure and working also in game. Uh, I still thinking is because the team, everybody was like top of the top of the, on their own game. And uh, I don't think it was probably possible. I don't think it's possible to do something in the same way with not the same crew. From the interviews we've done, this feels like Skylanders was the right team at the right time. Yes, I, you exactly define the situation, correctly define the situation, yes. So I guess talking about all the production stuff, from initial concept, from like the first sketch to the toys are finished, you have the final version of the toy, how long was the production process for each character? I think it probably is a, the normal process is one probably between two and three months minimum because uh, make the concept uh, have validation from, okay, this is the final one. This is the final concept that we go in production, then uh, model the character from the game and model the character in uh, the same time for the toy. Have like uh, the character, uh, uh, the toy character 
have the um, 3D printing prototype sent back, have validation from these, then and validation from the manufacturer that make the toys, because if you make something so crazy, they can tell you noise is not possible. Then when we have a validation is the what I call the penny war because um, Eway and the concept artists they were they were uh, fighting because they tell you oh this character can have only six color and they no we must have a seven so we must do fighting every time because the, oh this color costs zero point zero 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 one penny more and you thinking is nothing but if you multiply for all the toys that you have in production there is millions so. There was a very going back and going back between Activision, manufacturing, and Toys for Bub to define the part, the amount of parts, and the color of the toys. So it was a long process. Again, two, three months minimum. And it was like, a, sometimes it was very stressful because we must work in a very tight limitation. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine trying to translate something from digital to physical and also having to provide something that looks so cool, but also is cost effective as well for you and for the consumer. Yeah, yeah it, again, it was a very uh, stressful battle because uh, you must make everything, all this part of this uh, big machine, all the gear working together in the right way. And uh, when we arrive, I remember always when we arrive the day that uh, uh, during the production, you wake come out and then, oh, we are done with the toys. It was a very big celebration. What was the best part about working on the Skylanders team? Uh, working with the Skylander team. <laughs> <laughs> working with such uh, talented people is always, uh, I think this is rare in any kind of job that you wake up in the morning and you're thinking, oh, I'm late to work. I need to go to work because today I can do this, this and this. And it was what's happening in Skylander. You wake up in the morning and you want to go to work because you go to work with friends. You go to work to something very exciting and you're laughing a lot. Working for Skylander, it was uh, not just the kind of uh, job that it was uh, challenging, interesting, and then extremely exciting. It was also how you work with the people, how you work uh, with the other department, with animation, with design. Uh, it, it was... Um, a specific moment in time that it was amazing. What was an average day like at the Toys for Bob offices while working on Skylanders? I think we start uh, 9, 10 in the morning and we finish usually around 6. There was time that we had uh, crunch time, but it wasn't the norm. Is um, Usually we were well organized, so at least the character toys department, if you want, they weren't uh, like hard, hard uh, crunch time. And um, during the day we have like in the morning the usual uh, meetings, but again, um, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> Do you have any advice for those aspiring to enter the video game industry? Working in video games, especially in this time that is the industry is changing a lot, is look like become a specialist in something is the key. Like, uh, okay, I make just texture, I make just uh, uh, terrain or uh, hair. Is look like one of the best way to approach the industry. The problem is, uh, if you just stop yourself to be a specialist, you just remain only and forever a specialist. 
I suggest everybody go inside this kind of job. Don't put your eyes only on what you're doing. If you have, for example, is a modeler, learn something about rigging, learn about something animation, environment, light, because they look like different, but at the end, they're very important. They're part of your job. Modeling a character without know what the designer want this character doing or what the animator want doing with him is bring you to a failure because uh, you don't see the world picture. So my suggestion is uh, follow your passion. If you, for example, like me is a, a character modeler, become a character modeler, but uh, always, always keep your door open for everything, for uh, texturing, for uh, design, uh, game design, for animation, learn everything you can. Also, if it's not directly connected to your field, your particular field, because these help you understand your job better, make better model or better whatever you're doing and grow. Especially because uh, every team, every kind of job have its own lingo. And you need to know what you're talking about. If you go to an animator and you don't know nothing about an animation, it's very hard for you express uh, your concern or your idea to them or them to you. So you must to create a, like a bridge, understand a, a common language if you want. I think that's some pretty good advice. I would agree. As the first 10 years draws to a close, if you could say one thing to the fans regarding how you feel about this franchise and the community surrounding it, what would it be? I hope one of these days, uh, I know that this is very difficult because uh, all uh, uh, what is mean for uh, the production create a new toy especially after a year that is uh, the franchise uh, is stay on ice but uh, i hope uh, that the one point activision bring back uh, this franchise uh, and the game uh, and uh, surprise the new player and make happy the uh, old one to come back to play with this kind of uh, little creature as a fan, thank you so much for all the work that you put into the franchise. I have literally hundreds of the figurines that you helped <laughs> pose and 3D model Same. surrounding my my apartment. It's just such a pleasure to get to talk with the person for, that got to make them. It's it's really cool. I can tell for us, for all part of the team, uh, there was a, a pleasure. There was nothing, nothing like when uh, some class, some school come to see, to visit Toys for Bob and uh, heard them describe the fun that they have with this toy. Again, you guys fueled us. You guys give us energy and passion to do, go through all the things because how you love it, how you enjoy it for us was like priceless. Thank you so much for joining us. We, we really, really do appreciate it. And thank you for taking the time to answer all, all of our questions about the mini Skylanders and just and everything. It's been a blast. It was a really, really a pleasure also for me again. This segment might be over, but don't touch that dial, baby. Stay tuned for another segment of the Skylanders 10th anniversary celebration. Until then, this is Chill Bill signing off.
because if people buy nothing else, they buy the starter pack, and it's like, why do you need five stealth elves? <laughs>